From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. People with life-threatening emergencies should call 911 or go to the nearest hospital emergency department. But people with less emergent problems are eligible for same-day teleemergency medicine telehealth visits. With me to talk about how this works is Dr. Bill Palo. He's an associate professor of emergency medicine and of public health and preventive medicine at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Palo. Thanks for having me. Was this telehealth service born of the pandemic? It uh, was really an outgrowth of the pandemic, to be honest. This is something that we had been exploring at Upstate for a bit. With the pandemic, things got accelerated because there were clearly people who wanted to come be seen in the emergency department or be seen by emergency providers who were staying away from the emergency department. So from that, uh, gave birth to this service. Some people may perceive it as more safe not to come to the hospital, to be able to stay in their home and see a physician that way. Yeah, I want to emphasize that it's very safe to be in the emergency department. But there are some people who are still reluctant to be seen in the emergency department, and some people who have maybe less emergent complaints, more what we would say are urgent complaints that can be seen from the comfort of home. So are these virtual visits something that hospitals across the nation are starting to offer for emergency visits? Yes, you've seen these grow in emergency medicine as kind of a burgeoning movement in emergency medicine for about maybe five years now. But you've really seen a lot of emergency departments pick this up as part of the pandemic uh, over the past year. So what types of illnesses or injuries would you say are the are best suited for a teleemergency visit? Sure. So a lot of what we see and what we're asking for is kind of what we would consider to be an urgent care kind of complaint. So what we've tried to tell people is if you were thinking about going to an urgent care, um, instead consider seeing us because you can see us from the comfort of your home. So cuts and scrapes, skin infections, medication refills, those sorts of things are perfect for this type of service. I know that people can find details from the website upstate.edu slash emergency. I know you've got all the details about this, and there's a phone number that people can call to make an appointment, 315-464-5577. But first, I've got a bunch of questions about how this works. Do, do you have to have access to a computer or will a smartphone work? Um, a smartphone will work. We, you can do this from any device. So you can do it from a computer, from a laptop, or from uh, a smartphone. What we ask is that you do it from something that has a camera, because obviously we want to see you. Um, and it's amazing what you can see even with a smartphone. I've been able to see the backs of people's throats just as well as if they were coming to see me for their sore throats. Wow. So you can kind of do it from any device. You can do it on the, your front porch on a smartphone, but we just ask that you have something that has a camera. Um, now, what hours is this available? So right now we are 1 o'clock p.m. till 9 o'clock p.m. seven days a week. And are there age limits? Do you see children, adults, uh, elderly? What's the age range? We will, we will see anybody. So once I call or go online and make an appointment time, what happens then? Do I, do I wait for a call or, or do I need to place a call at a certain time? How does that work? So once your appointment is established, a link is generated for you and that link gets sent to you. 
um, and you click that link and then you're automatically in our waiting room. Um, from there, the physician will take you out of the waiting room, virtual waiting room, and will see you um, online. So you don't have to do anything. All you do is click a link. Um, once you click that link, you will be connected to a physician for a 15-minute visit, during which time we'll take a full history and physical, do a complete physical exam. We're able to diagnose and then treat. We're also able to order prescriptions to your pharmacy. It could be your local pharmacy or a mail-in pharmacy. We can order blood work, we can order x-rays and CAT scans, and we can schedule follow-up appointments or refer you to specialists should you need them. So how do you instruct people to be prepared for their appointment once they've sure. scheduled it? Um, what do they need to get in order? Um, Surprisingly, the biggest barrier has been a lot to do with people understanding how cameras work. So one of the things that we suggest is that you get to an area where when you look at yourself on your video, you have a good frame of yourself. Don't sit in front of a very bright window because the camera will pick up that bright window and make you much darker and then it becomes really hard to see you. So we want you in a well-lit area. There's nothing else to do that you would prepare for any other physician visit. Have the camera ready, have the lights on you so we can see you and just be prepared to talk to us. So would you recommend uh, a parent who's got the visit set up for their child, they just need to have the baby on their lap or at least in yeah. front of the camera, right, somehow? Correct. What we're asking is for them to be in a well-lit area. So say you wanted to show us your child's rash. We want to be able to see it. So one of the best ways is having the child on your lap, your camera accessible in such a way that we could see exactly what's going on. Now, this may sound like a silly question, but will I be able to see the physician at the same time they're seeing me? Yeah. In a lot of ways, people have gotten used to the way this will work because it's almost like having a Zoom or WebEx or Google Meet chat. You'll see me, I'll see you, and we'll be able to communicate just like we were in person. Now, how do I know that there's no one else that's able to hack into this appointment? How do I know that it's, you know, just between me and the provider? So uh, the application that we use is encrypted. In other words, it prevents other people from seeing what we're talking about. It's completely HIPAA compliant, um, and it's as safe as we could possibly make it uh, given the telemedicine visits of 2020. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Dr. Bill Palo, an Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine and of Public Health and Preventive Medicine at Upstate, and we're talking about teleemergency medicine visits. So how do you take vitals from a distance, the pulse and the, and the heart rate and that sort of thing? So we're asking the patients to be actively involved in their care when it comes to that. Obviously, we don't expect that you're going to have some of the devices we have in the hospital, like a pulse oximeter or what have you. But when it comes to very simple things like potentially blood pressure or even more basic, a pulse rate, we teach you how to do that if we think it's relevant to what we're talking about. A lot of times, though, the big thing that we'll ask you to do is take your temperature. So if you have a thermometer at home, we just ask that you use it, particularly if you're calling us about something related to a potential infection. Now, the website says that all health insurance is accepted. Do you know if all health insurers are paying the same way that they would if I went, you know, in, in person to the emergency department? That's correct. For the pandemic, and then it's been extended, uh, essentially these visits are akin to emergency department visits. So it's the same thing as the emergency department. So the copay is probably the same too? Correct.
Now, if I think you mentioned if if I need an X-ray, um, you're able to order that. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So in That's other correct. things that lab work, that sort of thing. That's correct. You will be ordered it. A requisition is generated, and you can go to any of Upstate's labs, either at the hospital or at any of the satellite sites, and get your blood work and your X-rays done. Now, what if my problem requires a specialist, say a urologist, if I need like a, a consult from a urologist, how does that work? So we can refer you um, to urology. If we feel obviously at any point that you need an emergent consultation or an emergent being seen by somebody, uh, we'll refer to the emergency department right away. And important for your uh, listeners to note, we don't bill you twice for that. If you get seen by tele-emergency medicine and we decide you need to be seen by the emergency department, you'll only get the emergency department side of it. We don't then bill also for tele-emergency medicine. If you need to be seen by a subspecialist, we can refer you to them. If we think you need to be seen right away, we'll obviously tell you to go to the emergency department. So have you seen a patient via tele-emergency that you felt like, oh, they really need to come in and be seen? Yes, I have. So that does happen. That does. Um, you know, things that people need to be cautious about calling us for that we always will tell you to go to the emergency department for would be stroke-like symptoms, chest pain, things like that. Um, and that if we see any of that, the odds are we're going to tell you there's only so much we can do on a televisit to go be seen right away by somebody in person. Now, what if I have abdominal pain? Is that something where I would need you to see me in person so you could feel my abdomen? Potentially. Um, some of the, you know, obviously we're going to be limited because touching a belly makes a huge difference in what we do as physicians. But if you have some minor complaints, um, some nonspecific abdominal pain that maybe you've had for a long time that you need worked up, we're capable of doing those things. But if we get any hint that this is something like appendicitis or diverticulitis or a gallbladder problem, we're going to tell you to run over to the emergency department to get that checked out right away. Now, if I have a chronic health condition, will the physician be able to access my previous medical records? Yeah, we can access any records you have at SUNY Upstate. So any up university hospital or university hospital affiliate physicians or practices, we're able to access those records. Now, what do you do? I, I apologize for throwing all of these what ifs out there, but that seems like that's what emergency medicine is. Um, what do you do with a patient who, if they were in the emergency department with you, maybe you'd want to keep them there for a while under observation just to see and decide what, you know, whether to admit them or not. What do you do with that kind of patient who does a telehealth visit? Sure. If there's a time sensitive nature, obviously, let me, let me preface this with anything that I thought was emergent or needed observation, I would send to the emergency department. But if there is a time sensitive nature, let's say you have an infection on your skin and I want to see how big it's gotten. A lot of times we tell you to go see your private doctor for what we call a wound check. What we can do with this type of service is say, if you can't get in to see your doctor in a day, let's say 24 hours to be looked at again, we'll schedule you for a second appointment so we can look at it again to say this has not gotten any worse, continue the course of antibiotics that we prescribed you, then you could see your doctor when he or she becomes available in their office. What sort of feedback have you received from patients so far since this has been offered? It's been really positive. You know, on the, I'll say on the 
vacation end, they've really enjoyed it. You know, sitting on your front porch and being seen by your physician is, a, is an easy thing to do. And from our end, from the emergency physician end, we love it because in the emergency room, we're so pressed for time because there's so many sick people that we want to take care of. With this type of service, we're able to sit with you for 15 straight minutes without any distractions and just pay attention to you. So from our end, it's also very satisfying as well because it gives us a chance to really sit and talk to people. So do you think that visits like this sort of um, impact the doctor-patient relationship in a positive way? I do. Um, I think having access to physicians quicker, not having to sit in a waiting room, not having to leave your home for something that would be a urgent or minor complaint is is going to be one of the legacies of this pandemic. Um, the less you have to go out and interact, the less you have to spend extra time in your day taking away from work, from your family and whatnot, to be seen by a physician for a quick complaint can be very much utilized over here where we can see you and the convenience of your home and not take you away from work or your family. Well, there's a lot of positive. It seems like, you know, it avoids a trip to the hospital and the parking and the, uh, you know, exposure to others in the waiting room and that sort of thing. Are there any downsides that you see for the telehealth visits? The biggest downside has to do with cameras and being able to see exactly what's going on. So obviously the number one downside is I can't touch you. So what's like you alluded to earlier, when I'm looking at a belly, touching a belly makes a huge difference in how a physician thinks about abdominal pain. That said, the biggest downside is going to be the limitations of what a camera provides and the lighting in which you find yourself. So if it comes to really fine diagnostic skills and want to see something really close, some people have wonderful smartphones and cameras and lighting that makes everything perfect, but we all live in the real world where that's not always going to be the case. So sometimes it's not as perfect in terms of what I can see that I wish it would be. Otherwise, though, that's a minor complaint. Otherwise, though, it's been really successful for the physicians and the patients that have utilized the service. Now, during the pandemic, I know there's some people who've been really afraid to go places where there are lots of people, including doctor's offices or the emergency department. So I wanted to ask you to talk about what measures are in place in the emergency department that keep patients safe? Sure. Um, much like I alluded to earlier, we have gone out of our way to make sure that you're safe when you come to the hospital. So number one, um, everybody that has a COVID type complaint gets a private room. So that means if you've got cough, shortness of breath, or the growing list of COVID-associated complaints. Even if you've lost your smell or your taste, you get a private room. Um, in addition, everybody is masked in the hospital. So you have a mask on you, our, we have a mask on us, housekeeping has masks, we all are wearing masks. We keep you in safe, private rooms, we're all masked. Everybody gets, when we go to see you, we change into personal protective equipment that gets disposed of in between. So it's about as safe as you can make it. In fact, I would tell you it's a less chaotic environment and safer than going into a department store or going to the grocery store. Oh, very good to know. This has been very informative. I'm glad to know this service is available. Thank you so much to Dr. Bill Palo. He's an associate professor of emergency medicine and of public health and preventive medicine at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.